Greetings, Dr. Beckett. Welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast. Theorizing that one could time travel within his own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself trapped in the past, facing mirror images that were not his own and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. His only guide on this journey is Al, an observer from his own time, who appears in the form of a hologram that only Sam can see and hear. And so Dr. Beckett finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what once went wrong, and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. listening to the Quantum Leap Podcast. This is episode 59, The Wrong Stuff. T-minus 30. Blood pressure, heart rate, respiration all look good. Huh? Wait a second. T-minus 15. I can't do this! All right. Let's get you out of here. Come on. It's okay. Bobo, since when have you been so modest? Well, not usually. I'd... Bobos. Bobos sound like the name of it. You didn't leap in as a bullfrog. <laughs> you leaped into the space program, Sam. I've leaped into a diaper. Wait a minute. This is fantastic. You're a chimpanaut. Look around you. See those hairy little fellas? In less than a week, one of these guys is going to be the first American to go up into outer space. You were an astronaut, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was on Apollo. We circled the moon ten times. Recited Genesis on Christmas Eve. Tell Al, you gotta figure out how to get me out of here. You gotta find out what I gotta do here and get me out of here right now. All right. All right. Uh, well, you see, tomorrow they're gonna pick the, the two top chimps to send up into outer space. And Ziggy says there's an 85% chance that you're here to see the bubbles. I can't go up into space. Well, you don't have to. I can't do that, Al. No, you don't have to. You just have to see to it that Bobo's one of the two finalists. That's all. What happens if I get cut? Well, Ziggy's trying to declassify that information, but uh, all we know is Bobo, he disappears. So if I don't keep Bobo in the space program, he's going to vanish? Not just him, Sam, because if you don't leap, you will too. you were gonna do that i didn't even know i was gonna do it until i said let's get started so that's that's just what came out hey this is chris 
This is serious, Chris. You can't you can't make light of this. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast, everyone. Who who else is here with me? <laughs> well, who else is here? You didn't even introduce yourself. I said this is Chris, but you guys were too. You were oh, reeling. Sorry, you were, we were reeling we were from too busy my improv laughing over over diaper monkey. <laughs> well, I'm I'm Allison Pregler, and I I'm so glad you didn't just do the same thing as Chris because then I would have felt I had to. Um, <laughs> oh, you have to do. <laughs> so, so, oh, oh, why not? Oh, oh, oh. So uh, I guess if you can't tell, we are at the season four episode, The Wrong Stuff, and uh, Allison dubbed it aptly last podcast as Diaper Monkey, which I never Diaper called monkey. it before. <laughs> <laughs> Diaper Monkey! Look, okay, I like, I, I gotta preface this, like, I know chimps are not technically monkeys, but it's a funnier word to say, so yeah, it's Diaper yeah. Monkey. <laughs> I spent the whole last week doing Google image searches on monkeys in diapers, and it's just so cute. It, it makes me happy. <laughs> not as cute as Scott Bakula in a diaper, though. Oh, I don't know. I, mm, tough call, <laughs> tough call. But but I'm skipping ahead. <laughs> Maybe different kinds of cute, Allison. Yeah, yeah those monkeys aren't hot. I mean, no, they're not. But but Scott, I think that I just really, for the first time ever in my life, discovered what is meant by awkward pause. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> no, no one wanted to jump in on the the hot monkey debate. <laughs> no, no one, no one took that bait. Well, hey everyone. Um, I don't know. Is is there getting this show back on track? I don't know. Um, Just keep introducing it until we get started. Hi, hi. You're listening to the season four episode "Diaper Monkey" in the Hot Monkey Podcast. <laughs> All right. So obviously, we're talking about the wrong stuff, and um, this to me stands I'm out. I'm talking as a good- about very wrong stuff. <laughs> And I'm just going to ask Matt, since you're the one that's driving this disaster, um, what what are your initial impressions of the wrong stuff? Love it. Oh, it's. Couldn't you have asked Allison first? Because I really want to know what Allison thinks. Uh, no, 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 no. You're you're in the barrel now. Yeah, no, this this is such a fun episode. It's got everything. What was it that last last podcast we were talking about an episode which I'd said before didn't have everything that Quantum Leap had. Was it Justice, possibly? I think it was Justice. Yes, because it didn't represent everything Quantum Leap has. It didn't have, like, well, you know, a a good Quantum Leap episode should have some heart, some humour, some drama. This has all those things. This (laughs) this is the perfect Quantum Leap episode. (laughs) Wow. Is this your favorite Quantum Leap episode? Uh, not by a long shot, but <laughs> but it does. On paper, it ticks all those boxes. All right, and um, Allison, <laughs> when <laughs> we've broken right. Allison already, this episode is the very definition of secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> No. It's it's one of the worst episodes of Quantum Leap. I gotta be honest. It doesn't take the number one spot because it's so bad it's good to me. Like, I was in tears watching this episode because it's just... Allison, it's just so I, bad. I'm sorry. It's bad. I really, I've, I've never, and I know you've talked about Diaper Monkey before, and I've never been sure until this moment whether you actually liked it or just thought it was so bad that you liked it. I'm. 
Well, I, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of so bad I like it. To be honest, yeah, it's not okay. a good example of Quantum Leap in any way. I got lots of notes on this. I have copious amounts of notes. Holy moly. I was not expecting that reaction no. from, from anyone, to be honest with you. And can you can you go back and tell me what, what you mean? What is the term secondhand embarrassment? Mean. It's like when you're when you're watching something and like you're embarrassed for them, <laughs> like it's so em- it's okay. so embarrassing that you're embarrassed. But they're clearly having fun doing it. Why would you be embarrassed for them? Scott's <laughs> loving it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Chris, you didn't say you didn't say what you think of the episode. <laughs> Well, I didn't have any secondhand embarrassment or firsthand embarrassment. I think this is like a classic, like a classic fun <laughs> comedy episode. There's no Italian villains in it, so There's no Italian villains. <laughs> well, you don't um... know if the monkey's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> hey, forget about it. <laughs> now that's offensive. <laughs> but uh, I mean, there was there was one villain trope in this uh, that is usual to Quantum Leap, not the Italian, but we'll get there. And I honestly remember watching this one the first time around and just cracking up in genuine glee with so many of the just the different situations that they put Scott in and the way Scott plays it. So I think this is a really good episode. It's a good, fun episode. So, wow. (laughs) I can't wait to hear. Allison changed my mind. (laughs) Okay. All right. Outside of the so bad, it's good. It's not the fact that he's in a monkey that bothers me or a chimp. It's it's not that fact. You know, like I I, I genuinely really, really love. Can, Can we can we hang on? Hang on. Can we not use the phrase in a monkey? Please. <laughs> Sam is inside a monkey. He is, he is deep in that monkey right now. Um, <laughs> well, okay. I, I genuinely do love that they were doing something different with it. The fact that he leaped into an animal. Like, I, I really do love this idea. But, like, the execution, I can't get behind. And, like, even if uh, you ignore the whole, like, it, the fact that he's in a monkey and he's in a diaper is kind of, like, goofy to begin with. But... Um, the episode itself, I don't think is very well made. It's it's kind of boring at times. Like it, there's long sections of the doctors just talking about the same thing over and over again. Uh, it's almost entirely set in like one warehouse, which is not interesting to look at in the slightest. So like a lot of the time, like it, because Sam's in the cage, like he's just kind of sitting and watching and not able to do a lot. Like I, I just don't think it's structured very well. And and also. It seems like they were short on time because there's there's several sections that are just stock footage and voiceover. I think that you're right about that because I was clocking the end credits and I don't know that we've seen so much stock footage since Hurricane and I don't know that I've ever <laughs> seen the end credits go on for so long. Maybe it was really difficult working with those monkeys, but do you have uh, stats on that, Matt? Uh, I, I wasn't know- Another Mother was, was the longest? There is no. Hang on. I, I, the longest one hasn't been yet. So if can I can oh. I jump to the future? Can can I? There, there sure. Is, yeah. There's there's a two minute seven second one in the fifth season. Wow. It's it's the s- second of three linked episodes. This was fifty one seconds. So yeah, it's 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 one of the longer ones. It was after a leap out that was almost two minutes long. I've never seen a leap out that long. Yep. Oh yeah, the tease for the next week was 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 crazy long. That particular season five episode does also have a very long leap out. So I'm gonna have to sit down with a stopwatch now and, and check that too. But this yeah, this might give it a run for its money. 
Gosh, yeah. They. I mean, this is this is obvious that there were some issues going on because it's very clear that they were short on time. That stock footage is awful as well. But oh yeah, and the HD transfer did not help it to blend help. in any better. <laughs> but I think in SD it still looked bad. I think they've purposely dirtied the stock footage up. Ah. No, I, no, I don't really. But it, it's it's that bad. It almost looks like they've done that. Yeah, it could be. And I was thinking about that because it really wasn't going to be like, say, TV cameras pointed at these these test flights. It was probably just whatever they had at NASA to yeah. to track this stuff during the experimental phases of Project Mercury and sending these. These I, I don't know if they're Atlas rockets. I think they might be Atlas rockets, but whatever the boosters are, you know, they 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 were building them on the fly because they were in such a heated race with the Soviets just to get anybody mm. up. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the space race is one of my, as you guys know, one of my personal favorite parts of history, and I read about it a lot. So, it was kind of neat to juxtapose that against what was going on here and seeing all that rocket footage. It's not stuff that you see often because you only focus on the successes. So, maybe that's all they had to draw from to amp up the drama of Sam dying in in a rocket going up or whatever, just to show you the stakes it just I just never felt like there was any stakes there, though. I never felt he was going to go into space in the episode. No, he was just going to get his head smashed in, that's all. Yeah, yeah, there was more stakes in that than the... Yeah. <laughs> the and I don't think they... I mean, I understand the necessity of the stock footage in that, like, they had some time to fill. Uh, but as far as, like, the actual episode, like, you, you don't actually need to see any of that footage. It's It seems utterly irrelevant to what's going on to me. I agree. I think it might be that they had access to it and to give you a flavor of the time and maybe to mm. catch the attention of the boomers that are watching. Hey, I kind of remember these days. I think Quantum Leap can sometimes wallow in that when it has to or when it needs to. Yeah. Maybe they were also trying to tie it into history more because this does seem very far removed from a period piece outside of it being about the space program. Mm. Yeah, maybe because it was such a general looking set. There was not much to ground it in 1961. We can go in so many directions here because, Allison, you bring up a good point about the stakes. Uh, Matt, you bring up a good point about getting his brains bashed in. Um, there's a, some space race knowledge I'd like to slap down uh, to put this episode in a little bit more context. Um, so what do you guys want to talk about first? I, I want to learn some stuff about the space race. It's not. It's never been something that I've particularly spent time looking into, although I think that whole, that whole time period is kind of cool. Um, I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot. Well, I mean, it's just just like little little tidbits. Yeah. Um, Bobo was part of Project Mercury, which was um, America's first manned space program. Um, it lasted from 1958 to 1963. And when Sam leaps in, it's December of 1961, right? Well, no, it was January of 61. I'm sorry. And by that point, the astronauts were in their final training program, the training phase before manned flight. So it really was on the cusp. But um, it was January 24th that Sam leapt in. The first astrochimp named Ham, his name was Ham, um, went up on... (laughs) went up on January 31st. And th- there was a little bit of a discrepancy in the episode because Dr. Ashton, um, the female lead, said she she repeated a couple of times to the other doctor that the launch was less than two days away. So that means like there within a day of the launch, it implied to me that Sam had been there for a week already. 
But then in the scene after that, Al said it's only the 25th. So they sort of fudged their dates a little bit. And that means nothing to anybody but me. But it's, <laughs> I guess it's, you know, I, you have your thing, Matt, with uh, the leap back and the fact that the letter gets the date wrong <laughs> if you count. <laughs> so so this was this was my gushy in the in the control room moment saying, eh, this doesn't really add up. But uh, yeah. it wasn't until May of 1961 that the first American went to space. Um, his name was Alan Shepard. He was the first American to orbit. But the Russians beat us to it. The first man in space was a cosmonaut named Yuri Gagarin. Yeah. So, the other thing about the space race, and then I'll get off this because I feel like I'm filibustering, but it has to do with Al. One of his things was that he was an astronaut. And in my book, I think I, I wrote that he was one of the first people on the space shuttle because I just never did the math about where he would have been. And um, he said that he was in the Apollo program. So Apollo 11 was the first one to land on the moon. Al says that his Apollo mission orbited the moon a couple of times and they read Genesis on Christmas Eve. The only mission that he could be talking about is Apollo 8, um, which was uh, actually an American first. We were the first manned lunar orbit. They left the Earth. They kind of did a figure eight around the moon and came back to Earth. And uh, that was in December of 1968. So Al basically placed himself in the Apollo 8 mission. Yeah, but then that doesn't that doesn't make a lot of sense with the timeline. So I was going to ask you guys, where is Al otherwise in like December of say 68 when 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 Apollo 8 went up? Yeah, I tried to figure that out and it's Yeah, when you come to space history, Apollo 8's the only logical choice for the the facts that Al gives us, especially the fact that they read Genesis on Christmas Eve because they did do that. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Good night, good luck, a Merry Christmas, and God bless all of you, all of you on the good earth. That's probably what they were referring to then, but at that point in time, he would have been in Vietnam. Yeah. Wow. Was he a POW by that point, or just um, just fighting? Um, I'm looking that up. I think he might have been a POW by that point, because, um, okay, I think 69 was the year that Beth remarried, and Al had been uh, a POW for two years at that point. Yes. I'm just going to double check my Apollo 8 facts. I mean, I think, like, you seem the most uh, knowledgeable about this. Uh, like, so I, I think, like, any mission that you want to tie this into that's a real mission is not going to make a lot of sense with Al's timeline. Yeah, I, I did cover this in the book. He was taken POW in 67, um, but the, the reference does seem to be to Apollo 8, which was December 68. I think Al just made up he was an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just made it up. He's, you know, this is like, I think the only time him being an astronaut seems to come into play, like, he's mentioned it once or twice before, but this is the only time they seem to, like, use it in the story. And then, like, it, when it comes time to, like, actually utilize his, like, space knowledge... <laughs> Like Sam's on that machine with the the shock thing on the foot, and Al's like, "I used to be an astronaut. This thing's a piece of cake." Al, this is ridiculous. Come on, if a chip can do it, you can do it. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do though. They just they just strap me into this chair here, and I look. I used to be an astronaut. This thing is a piece of cake. Okay, uh, what does this mean right here? Uh, I have no idea. What do you mean you have no idea? You, you were an astronaut. You, 
Yeah, but I wasn't a, an astro chimp. It's a different program entirely. I don't know. That's chimp stuff. <laughs> He's not doing anything. It just relates to nothing. I think what the object for the chimps was just to train them to hit certain levers when a light went off so that they could take different readings while they were in orbit. And uh, that's the extent of it. They said that ham pretty much seemed to lose interest after about 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, he returned to Earth safely and all that, and uh, he lived for many years afterward. But it was, I guess, a necessary first step to just make sure that we could do it and measure some of the effects that humans might encounter when they were in orbit. When, uh, when Ham went to space, who, uh, who, who was changing his diaper? <laughs> uh, I don't know. And you bring up something that I also wanted to talk about when we got to goofs, but whether Scott or I'm sorry, whether Sam was there for, I don't know, two days or eight days, he eventually had to soil that diaper, didn't he? Right, right. <laughs> I was thinking it too. I'm like, was, so he definitely shit himself, right? He definitely had to shit himself. <laughs> I hadn't even considered that. Oh, you guys. Who needs a baby leap now? Because we already have this. L- listen, listen, four minutes into the episode... Sam is stripped down to a diaper, and he remains that way for the next 40 minutes. It is 40 minutes of Scott Bakula diaper time. <laughs> is that a Jean-Pierre Dorliac diaper? Like, did he have to design this diaper? A genuine Jean-Pierre diaper? <laughs> you, you can tell, if you look closely at that diaper, there's some notches cut out of it to make it look like a, a futuristic diaper. <laughs> An anachronistic chimp diaper. There's like um, JPD initials on it, so you know it's an original. Man, that went south real quick, didn't it? Um, one of my one of my favorite stories about this episode. I forget where I I saw this. If it was like an interview um, in text or in a video or something, but they were talking about making this, and um, apparently the warehouse they were shooting in was like really hot, so it was kind of difficult to shoot in it. And so, like, um, between takes, Scott Bakula would, like, go outside to just chill out, and he'd be, like, skating in his diaper. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant. A diaper-clad roller skating Scott Bakula. What a sight to behold. (laughs) I didn't know that Scott roller skated. Would they let him do that on set? Wouldn't that be, like, an insurance liability? It was probably fine. I think he got away with a lot. He, look, are you going to tell him no? If he, you put him in a diaper and he's got to film for like seven, eight days in a diaper, like, are you going to tell him no? You can't skate now. You, you know what though? There's people online who will paint whatever you want for like ten bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I know. <laughs> The next time I commission something. Well, we don't have to commission it. We will commission the fans. Please send us your fan art of Scott Bakula roller skating in a diaper. We oh, will, you're, uh, you're trying to score free uh, Scott Bakula <laughs> diaper skating fan art? Shh, don't blow up my spot, Allison. Anyway, fans, <laughs> if you would like to, we would love to see your submission of Scott Bakula roller skating in a diaper on our Facebook page. That's <laughs> facebook.com slash quantumleappodcast. <laughs> On with the show. Oh, man. Okay. Poor Sam in this episode. <laughs> I can't believe he's cat himself. I hadn't even thought about that. He, right? Caterpillar <laughs> banana spits? Yeah. That's the worst. <laughs> I'm, I'm ruined for the rest of the night now. <laughs> he had to have. He had to have. 
At the beginning, like, Dr. Ashton's, like, trying to check his diaper. The girl monkey, she's pinching his butt. There's a thermometer (laughs) up his butt. All the butt stuff's going on in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) You still want to say it's a good one, or? (laughs) Yeah, I think you've made it even better. I was going to say, you made it better than it ever has been, Alice. And I think if if this ever gets, if this episode gets like a just a standalone Blu-ray or DVD release in honour of its excellence, and it has like one of those taglines on the back that's a quote from a review, I think it should just be, all the butt stuff happens in this episode, Alison Pregler. <laughs> he shit himself, Alison Pregler. <laughs> Where, where's that deleted scene? NBC, you're cowards for not giving it to us. I'm going to find the negatives for that one. All right, listen, since we're going down this scatological road, now, <laughs> let's see, I know Sam is, he's reticent in the beginning, but how long do you think he's sitting in his own filth before he's like, yeah, please change it for the, I, I don't care, just change it for the love of God, change this diaper. I don't know. Does he have a choice in this? Like, I guess they just change, because the monkeys can't tell them when to change the diapers. I'm sure they can smell. Yeah, yeah, they just smell it and they're like, all right, diaper changing time. Was Al watching, do you think? Was, was he there? <laughs> Knowing Al? Oh, you know he was. Yeah. You know he, he, was. he is the observer, I mean. <laughs> I gotta know about this stuff, Sam. <laughs> I'm here for posterity, Sam. <laughs> Everyone, get in the imaging chamber, you gotta see this. <laughs> Hit record. <laughs> this costs $2 billion, but we're gonna replay this at the Christmas party. <laughs> You're uh, part of a time travel experiment that went a little caca. Back. Okay. Next down. Stay. Nobel Prize in physics. I'm fine to keep my diaper on. What's next? If uh, we can get back to um, the other two things that, Allison, you had brought up, just um, an issue that you had in, as far as, like, the story, I guess. I have, like, one huge question about this leap that I'd like to discuss. And then I guess maybe we can get into some of the animal testing themes, but... What is so special about Bobo? I wrote that too. I wrote that too. I mean, there are what, how many dozens of other chimps died or would die? What was going on that Sam had to save Bobo specifically? I wish they would have mapped that out just a little bit more. Mm. I mean, I, I get like, I get like, it's not so much saving his life that bothers me because it's, it's, they're basically saying like all lives are important, you know, even chimp lives, but. They think that he has leaped in to ensure that he goes to space. And I don't really know why it has to be this particular chimp that goes to space. And, like, if it's just to save him from animal testing, then, like, some other chimp's going to be in his place. This really, it changes nothing. That's exactly what I thought. And it's, it's, it's part of leaping that we don't ever look at too frequently. But, I mean, it has to be said, and I think we probably maybe mentioned it on, on the leap, home did we do the leap home together maybe we didn't but no it's a discussion i had with one of my roommates in college when the leap home was airing and sam had to win the basketball game so lisa would marry no nos the whole blah 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 and my roommate turned to me and said well what about the other team that won in the original history he's taking away their future just so that his team and his teammates can go on to better things and it's like, you know what? You're right. It's like Sam is there to change something. In that case, it was taking a victory away from someone else. In this case, it's just a completely random chimp that doesn't seem to have any special destiny. 
So it's almost interchangeable. And I get what you're saying, Allison, in the fact that, yeah, all lives are important. And that's really what this episode was about. But just the fact that Bubble had to go to space so that he wouldn't wind up dead seemed arbitrary. It seemed to me that this episode was more about teaching Dr. Winger a lesson and Dr. Winger having... The, the, the finale was Dr. Winger having some growth and that could have gone somewhere after the episode ended. Yeah. That, that's, what, that's what Sam achieved, really. Albeit that's not what Al told him he was there to do, but that's... Exactly. But maybe Ziggy uh, had a sloppy floppy, as they said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe that this episode was controversial. What? Because it was, because because it had yeah. to do with uh, animal testing. There were a lot of people that were like on both sides of the issue, and it was a controversy that they were doing this because they thought it would be one side or the other. And they do try to play both sides of it. Like, here are the benefits of animal testing, but here is some of the cruel elements of it. And I, I did appreciate the, um, the, the research that went into this. Um, yeah. Paul Brown, he talked to Jane Goodall about it. Yeah. Uh, Jane Goodall, famous um, for studying chimps. And uh, so he, he talked to her and she was really excited about the concept. So she sent him a bunch of articles about inhumane treatment, treatment in labs and stuff like that. So this issue, I think, mattered to them. I just don't know if this particular like testing method and the arguments that they're making, I don't know if it presents a very good argument for animal testing as, as much as I think they thought it would. I, I, it was a way, I think, that they could raise this thorny issue, but still sort of sidestep it, because the way I looked at it was the, the chimp helmet program was obviously a no-brainer. I mean, she's saying that you can't compare, it's like comparing apples and oranges, a chimp skull as opposed to a human skull, even though Mr. Harvard Dr. Uh, Winger is just like, well, you don't know about the neurological impacts, and that's really what I'm studying, and there could be data to mine here. And they even made him sort of a sympathetic villain in the fact that he just wanted to save the lives of test pilots, people that he knew coming up. He said he went to so many funerals. That's the only thing he didn't miss about being in that world. So they were making a pretty compelling argument for the fact that this stuff has value. And... I think that, okay, maybe maybe the, the chimp thing is easy to say, no, this is wrong, but he brings up the fact that every kid who's not in an iron lung has animal testing to thank for it. So the issue didn't really condemn it or condone it, in my opinion. They just sort of put it out there, gave you both yeah. sides, and yeah. then didn't really come down on one side or the other, which is not very um, common for Quantum Leap. No, it's... Of, often quite a preachy show, even if it it does it subtly, sometimes less subtly other times. But you're right, this episode does not come to a conclusion. It encourages debate afterwards, which is nice. Well, and like the issue that they bring up, animal testing, is not really a black and white issue because both sides that they present do have... Uh, compelling arguments because animal testing has had positive impacts on human lives, but also there has been inhumane treatment. So um, I think like it was good that they they went to both sides of it. Uh, I just I don't know if I just I bought the testing they were doing. Did the helmet trauma tests like did that happen in the sixties? Like testing it on chimps. I don't know. I assumed that it was drawn from real-world experimentation. 
as because uh, the show gets its history in broad strokes um, right most of the time. Mm. So I, I can't imagine that it wasn't a thing. Let's see. We have Google. Let's see. Wait, Chimp maybe testing. that was something in one of the articles that Jane Goodall gave uh, Paul Brown. I do like that he talked to her. I want to be a fly on the wall during yeah. that conversation. I gather he actually he flew to Washington to meet her out of his own pocket. That's really cool. Like yeah. I, I, I'm glad to hear that he did that, even if the, I don't think the episode was great. <laughs> <laughs> he put the effort in. You know the uh, the lady that plays uh, Doctor Ashton. Her last name is also Goodall. It's also Goodall. She's not related to her. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I looked. I, I tried to find like that magic connection, and I was like, nah, just a coincidence. But it's a funny coincidence, nonetheless. Caroline Goodall was her name. She's also in Schindler's List, so she's been in movies and TV forever. I thought her acting was good. Mm. I thought I. Ooh, um, oh. <laughs> For the most part, yeah, but there are some hysterics in the control room where she's saying, shut it down. Stop responding to the lights. Respiration is 42 and increasing. The systolic blood pressure is 200 over 98 and rising. His pulse rate is 150 and climbing. Abort the mission. Abort the mission! I was just like, wow, that's way melodramatic. Like, if they didn't have, like, <laughs> this dramatic music playing, that would be a secondhand embarrassment moment for me. Because <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it just completely failed to land. I guess she, I don't know, I guess she's just scared because of her chimps. I don't know. I understand the motivation. <laughs> I would rather that than, like, honest, all the all the scenes of her, like, talking with Dr. Winger and, and Dr. What's his the other doctor, like, all the scenes of them talking outside next to jeeps and just reiterating the same points i felt were just like utterly uninspired and lifeless they didn't have a lot of stage business to do and they're just sort of repeating a lot of the same talking points i'm gonna disagree with you there because uh, i think that those parts of the episode were engaging enough and maybe i'm qualifying a little too much but that part in the beginning i was afraid that i was going to be in for some pretty bad acting through the rest of the episode because I really remembered just the funny bits with the caterpillars and, you know, Corey throwing the food at, at his face and flirting with him. But I, I was less invested, I guess, at the time or had less memories of the main plot. And I thought that Caroline Goodall was going to stink on ice throughout the whole thing. And I was, I was honestly <laughs> relieved and happy that I was engaged and invested in her character, you know, almost right off after that scene. <laughs> It seems to come together for me. Now, <laughs> the things that, that you're talking about, Allison, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's just the fact you're so worried about her stinking on ice. And the rest of the episode, Scott Bakula running around in a diaper <laughs> acting like a monkey. But Scott can pull off anything. This was fine to you. It didn't stink on ice. Perfectly. No. Mm, mm, no. I love this smell, this potpourri. Mm, he shit himself. Mm, good stuff. <laughs> but it, um, wow! You know, I bet, I bet when he shit himself, it stunk. <laughs> uh, I think you have a closed mind when it comes to the wrong stuff. You're obsessed with the butt stuff. Maybe I do. I have an open mind in that it's so bad it's good to me. I can. I've shown this to several friends. I've I've foisted this upon them, and it's always uh, it's always a good time. Is this before or after you sing the alphabet rap to them? Say it. 
Oh man, I always leave the alphabet rap as a surprise. I never tell anyone it's coming up. I'm like, this episode's my favorite, it's really good. And they're like, yeah, this is really dramatic. And then that comes up, they're like, what is happening? Why is he rapping? I have no defense for the alphabet rap. I don't think anybody does. Alphabet rap is better. It's ten times better than anything in the wrong stuff. Oh no, alphabet rap is secondhand embarrassment. That's where I feel that everyone in the room is just thinking, oh, why are we here? But but the wrong stuff it just looks like everyone's having fun. That's yeah, I'm surprised, Allison. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of comes off to me like too much fun on set syndrome. You know, like when you're when you're watching something and you can tell they had a really good time, but I think like to the detriment of the final product. Hmm. I uh, this is I don't know. It comes off that way to me. There there's like a point where like they just have a montage of like embarrassing things. Like it just goes from set piece to set piece to show goofy things happening with Sam. Like he's in that machine going around in circles and then he's on the one to test the equilibrium. And there's not really any point to them other than <laughs> to just go from like funny scene to funny scene. Yeah, it was all gags. Yeah. But the thing is, when one of the one of the shortcomings, and I shouldn't even say a shortcoming, but one of the special problems of an episode like this. And it ties into what you're saying, Allison, about scene after scene of um, secondary characters talking to each other. Sam is sidelined here. He can't do anything because he's in a cage. And even if yeah. he wasn't in a cage, nobody could understand him. So mm-hmm. it's not like he can affect the the story in a great way. I mean, he managed to by the end. But they were kind of forced to explore these secondary characters more than we ever really do in Quantum Leap and more on their own not interacting with Sam or interacting with Al. So it was kind of a special case because of who or what Sam leapt into. They sort of had to do it a little bit differently this time. And I was just happy that I found the dialogue between the secondary characters engaging enough to keep enjoying the episode. It it wasn't something that just brought the episode to a dead stop for me. And obviously you thought completely differently than I did. Well, I mean, we've uh, we've seen episodes, and there are uh, episodes later um, where they do focus on the secondary characters more, I think because they realized Scott Bakula was just, like, working constantly. So they started, like, you know, writing in some more time for him to not be working as much, I think. But um, I don't think this one did a very good job, like, making them compelling to me. I didn't find them very layered characters. I, I did find, like... Dr. Ashton's backstory a little interesting, and Dr. Winger, the fact that they tried to make him a sympathetic villain. Like, I I got what they were doing, but a lot of it just felt like telling and not showing. Like, I I just never felt like it got that layered. Yeah, no, you're right about that. I mean, and there are things that sort of stick out as kind of obvious, especially on a second watch. They seem to go out of their way to tell you about how chimps can't swim. These guys can do almost everything an astronaut can, except maybe swim after splashdown. You mean uh, chimps can't swim? They drown because they have so little body fat. You know, the first time, it just seems like it's flowing naturally as part of the conversation. But the second time, it's just like, wow, they're really beating you over the head with that, huh? Yeah. And uh, because you know where it's going to go. Well, I, I guess you have to set it up, though, because, like, I'm, there's probably, like, a less clunky way to throw it into the dialogue. But the fact that, like... 
if they didn't bring it up and then like in the end he saves them and they'd be like wait chimps can't swim it would kind of feel like oh this is just coming up now <laughs> yeah no it was it was the Chekhov's gun thing I mean it yeah, was there sure. in the first act and they used it in the third act and it had to be there in the first act to give the third act the impact that it had um I, I thought that it was an effective way to sort of have that epiphany for Dr. Winger. And they, they played with this a couple of times in the episode where both Dr. Good, uh, good old, me, Dr. Ashton <laughs> and Dr. Winger were staring into Sam's eyes and seeing <laughs> beyond the chimp. No, that's my only uh, ooh, WTF moment. It's like, what are they trying to do here? Are they seeing Sam? Are they oh suddenly thinking the chimp is imbued with some special humanity that they never no, noticed the, before? What? The, that Allison, part is please. one of the... <laughs> It was one of the funniest parts to me after he saves them and they play like the pan pipes of understanding. <laughs> I thought you said they can't swim. They, they can't. I don't know how he did it. But he just jumped in and saved me. Now do you understand? And then the close-ups of their faces. <laughs> they are, uh, pardon the pun, aping um, what you see in a lot of, like, uh, nature movies or shows. You know, when, like, you have that moment where you're like, maybe man and animal aren't so different after all. You know, the dog saves someone from a perilous situation. They have an understanding, like, Bigfoot in the woods, but perhaps we were all uh, the same in the end. You know, like, there's lots of things that do that, where they have the close-ups and, like, yeah, I get ya. But they do that, but it's Scott Bakula in a diaper in the sky. <laughs> but it's played completely earnestly. Hilarious. Maybe it would have been better having that scene shot via a mirror. And then at least... It it would have been more like the other the other kind of shows you're talking about. <laughs> I, I get what you mean. Have, having Scott in that scene really is off putting. Mm -hmm. I think for all that, it 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 works. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. This is the one bit where I'll I'll agree with Alison. I yeah, that final scene is a little uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I like. The, I think they kept him in the water too because like you know if you get the wet diaper then like. You get some, like, you know, wet t-shirt situation. Like, keep them in the water. Don't, you know. <laughs> it's a little bit disturbing where you're going with this, <laughs> But please, play it out. He's getting the shit everywhere. <laughs> I thought the bits where, they, where he was looking in the mirror as the monkey, and then Scott Bakula has to try and dub over the chimp mouths and, like, pretend like he's talking were pretty bad. <laughs> Because he'd have to talk, like, really stiltingly to try and fit the mouth movements. But he only did was say, like, yeah, 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 yeah whatever. That's not how he talks. To, I know, just to, like, match the mouth movements. That was a little silly. Even him going, yeah, 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 like, that, and then he, like, makes the raspberry noises, and it's like, what, but, but I don't know. I think some of it was, like, Scott Bakula playing it, like, residuals or something there are parts where he just sort of acts like a monkey yeah like the way that he shakes his head or like uh some of the noises he makes and like i, I think that was a, a conscious choice on his part to play it that way i think it is obvious that he felt he, he had to incorporate some monkey characteristics into um his performance but i'm wondering if this goes back to like 
you always hear about acting classes where they're just like be an animal or you know some like improv bullshit <laughs> where they have to like grunt or groan or moan is this in all in preparation for a role like this like the role of a lifetime <laughs> oh yeah he's like at last scott clearly got the script through and went yes yes this is it this is my I Okay, you first, Allison, because there are other like glaring inconsistencies with Sam as Sam and how people would perceive Bobo the chimp. Yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna go into this. I kinda wonder if Sam wasn't taking on chimp traits and making him incredibly stupid in this episode. Oh, I wasn't going there. Go ahead. Well, I think like I think he would okay, because he's like trying to talk and no one can understand him. So then he like writes a note, I I am Sam or my name is Sam or whatever. And then, like, he has to be instructed step-by-step step how to eat chimp treats. Like, he can't do this on his own. Like, he's, like, the fact he writes this note and he seems so proud of himself, like, this is this is a good plan. I don't know, he just comes off incredibly dumb to me. Not that chimps are dumb. I don't want to insult chimps. I just think he comes off very dumb. <laughs> but your average chimp compared to your average Nobel Prize winner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a step down. Okay, so we've established that there is no chimp hate on the podcast, so we can speak freely. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm down with the chimps. <laughs> okay, all right. But I don't think it was the fact that he didn't know, he just didn't want to eat the pellets. And he even said, do you ever eat out of a cat box? But he's asking Al what to do. You see that, that little hole there? Yeah. Well, that's your food came in there. That's your little reward. Yeah. Yeah, well, stick your hand in there, scoop it out. That's it. Okay. Now what? Eat it. Al, this stuff, it looks like dog chow. I'm not going to eat this stuff. Do you want to leap out of here or what? No, if it means... Oh, God, if it means eating this, no, I'd rather stay in this bin forever. They're watching you over there. you got to make believe you're a chimp. Put it in your mouth. Yeah, you're right, but I, I... That dialogue does happen, but I just figured Sam's just... I don't know, quite shaken up by getting shocked and having to flip all these buttons. Yeah, all right, I'm not explaining this very well. I'm not defending it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just forget I started talking? Alison, you're right. <laughs> I think that as ridiculous as it is, it all worked in the moment. Mm-hmm. So for that, maybe I'm a bit more forgiving than Alison, who has some very valid issues. <laughs> But like, it's the wrong stuff. It's the wrong <laughs> fucking stuff. I mean, come on. I like when um he's drinking the the caterpillar drink, <laughs> and like Al comes in to warn him warn him about it like way too late, and Sam's like, "That's what you bring me that kind That's of information." The there, I don't see any caterpillars. Or maybe they squish him up. Al, oh, good. So Al was like, Al was an astronaut, right? Like, like he was smart enough for that. <laughs> oh, they, maybe they squish him up real good. <laughs> well, I can I can almost guarantee that they didn't have to drink caterpillar infused fruit juice as part of the Mercury or Apollo or Gemini uh, programs. So. I don't see the caterpillars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Do you think like okay when, when Doctor Ashton picks up Sam to be on the table, you can see Scott Bakula is like you know helping her out, but like. Does he feel like a chimp weight to her? Because it's not the chimp body, so, I mean... Well, see, now this gets into the whole mind-body... Oh, don't don't start picking that apart. Well, but why else are we here, Matt? No, I, I know, I know. I, I think that it, it, it goes with some of the bigger problems that I had with the episode in the fact that, okay, so 
obviously she can lift up a chimp, so she should have at some point been cradling Sam like a baby instead of just, you know, walking with him hand <laughs> you, in hand. Do you think they tried that out and they're like, no, <laughs> we can't film this? But really, what does what does she feel? What does he weigh? And if it's yeah. his body there, how is it contained in the aura of a three-foot chimp? If he's a three-foot chimp, how is he doing flying noodle kicks and knocking out guards? <laughs> yeah. And if if the three-foot chimp is doing that, what the hell is everybody seeing? Yes. Oh, my God. That's my favorite scene. Kung Fu Monkey. <laughs> he's doing all these, like, flying noodle kicks and roundhouses, and it's, fun. like, from their perspective, it's just a monkey doing this. Right? It's just a monkey. He fucking knocks that guy out. Like, he turns a roundhouse into his face, and he goes flying. If if they ever redid an episode of Quantum Leap with modern CG technology, I want them to oh do this God, one. Oh, my God, no! Yes. No! Because you could get a mirror shot that would be so kick-ass. Yes. I don't know where the mirror would be. There would just be, like, two workers walking by in the background with a mirror that just happened to be there so that you could see what was going on yeah. during that fight from, like, the point of view of everyone else. No one seems to question no, not at this, all. this monkey's behavior. Mm, nope. The monkey <laughs> can point. play charades. The monkey can <laughs> repeat names. The monkey can write. The monkey can obviously swim. The monkey has a gun. <laughs> the monkey has a gun. <laughs> oh, my God. What is going on? Everyone, like, seems perfectly fine with... What did, it, what did it look like in the waiting room, by the way? There ha- there was a chimp in there that looks like Sam oh. in a Fermi suit, <laughs> flinging his poo at people. Come on. Oh, my God. Yes, that's that's worse than Sam doing something in his diaper. There is Yeah, there is a Scott Bakula lookalike to everyone in the waiting room in a Fermi suit <laughs> doing his business and throwing it around. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he's like, he's shooting himself and then throwing it. And then he kind of like crawls into the corner and bears his teeth like, ah, and then like they're throwing bananas at him. And, and then he's picking up barrels and tossing them and then capturing princesses. It's all sorts of chaos. And you've got to hope that no one's told Donna about this. And she just walks in and gets a load of <laughs> shit thrown at her. He claws her face off. Oh, no. This has got to be a, this has got to be a new trauma every week, right? Like Donna seeing the Sam lookalikes, but that's got to be one of the worst. <laughs> I never considered that aspect of this. That is yeah. hilarious. <laughs> now yeah. that's the CGI I want to see. Oh, you don't need CGI for that. You just stick a monkey in a Fermi suit and let them do their thing. That or no, you'd have to get uh, Scott Bakula. You'd have to. <laughs> oh, yeah. you, so you're saying we would need to CGI Scott Bakula? Yeah, you'd have to do the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe de aging thing. Yeah, there would be no conclusion to to Quantum Leap in a in a sense of like you know follow up to Mirror Image. No. It would just no. it would just be we got to film this monkey scene right now. All the headcanon parts of the wrong stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. But what do you guys make of the fact that they just, um, another to me weakness of the episode is you have this chimp that can all of a sudden swim and they just sort of say, well, that's impossible. And then just ho-hum, move move on. Well, I mean, what are they going to do? Argue it didn't happen? Yeah. I, 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 I just like, if it's scientifically proven that chimps can't swim, yet Bobo was able to swim and save this doctor's life, wouldn't he then become the target of another unethical scientist that wants to dissect him to see why in the hell a chimp was able to swim? No, Winger, Winger and Ashton ain't no snitches. <laughs> he, sa- he saved his life. They ain't going to tell no one. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just... Who, so, okay, I like when Winger falls in the water, and then Al's, like, non-reaction, like, oh, he fell in. <laughs> and, then, and then when when Sam's leaping into the water, he has a flying leap into the water. He gives, like, gives, like a beautiful swan dive. Yeah, do you think that was Scott Bakula or Diamond Farnsworth? Like, who did the diaper stunt? <laughs> I don't know, but if it were me, it would be the first thing on my resume. It was a beautiful dive. <laughs> my beautiful diaper stunt. Everybody, come watch my reel. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, like, that's, like, the credit diaper wrangler or... <laughs> like what was what was Sam gonna do if he didn't rescue Winger? Like was he just gonna go on the lamb with Corey? Like <laughs> well, that they would have to get over the barbed wire fence first. So yeah, I don't know what was gonna happen at that point. <laughs> they didn't really think that part through, and neither are you supposed to think that part through. You're supposed to go back to the way it all ends. So <laughs> yeah, it's a good question because okay, say he did get out with Corey, then what's he gonna do with a leap? I mean, technically, he saved Bobo. Yeah, but the chimps can't... Yeah, what are they going to do? Just, like, live out... Yeah, they're going to forage on the turnpike in Florida somewhere? I mean... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Man, they have... Okay, so when, when they get out of there, like, Sam rescues Corey... And they're like hand in hand, and they just stroll right past two dudes outside, just sitting at a console facing them. <laughs> like they don't, they don't see them at all. They're only three feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> they have that shot of them running together. They got Scott Bakula in a diaper running with a monkey in one hand and a tranquilizer gun in the other. <laughs> Absolutely iconic <laughs> quantum leap shot. Allison, you're making me not like this episode as much as I've always liked this episode. <laughs> This should be the series finale. This it it's peaked. <laughs> Sam shit himself. He never returned home. <laughs> it's only downhill from here, folks. I like that. Okay, I I wanted to bring up real quick the um <laughs> the asshole guy who cleans the cages, and he just loves to make chimps miserable. Oh. He just loves to make chimps miserable. He comes in. He's like, I heard you two monkeys ain't going into space. Too stupid to make the grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah. Uh, that was the trope I was talking about at the top of the show, which is like every guard in Quantum Leap is a dick. Yeah. For no reason. And especially in this case, you know, it reminded me nothing so much as the remake of Planet of the Apes, um, the James Franco one, the first one. And. The fact that they had the guy in there that loved to, like, torment the monkeys. And it's just like, don't you think that might be some kind of psychological profiling or you're going to be working (laughs) with animals? Oh, you love to abuse animals? Okay, great. Then this is the posting for you. You start Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're terrible. And I guess maybe that is the highlight of the inhumane treatment of animals in labs. (laughs) But uh, I guess they were hired to just, like, fly planes or do something. But then they got, like... They got put on cage duty for whatever reason, and they were kind of resentful about it, him and the the other goon that's with him. They don't even have names. I tried to get their names on IMDb, and those characters are like Officer 1 and Officer 2. Yep. Terrible. I like that they have a monkey cart, like, specifically for transporting unconscious monkeys. <laughs> I think that's a, mul- a multi-purpose cart. Yeah, well, no, it's a monkey cart. <laughs> 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 and there's nothing like the image of like Scott Bakula in a diaper splayed out on a cart, I think. <laughs> Something tells me you like this episode more than you're letting on for various reasons, Alice. I didn't say I didn't like it. I love it. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they got some great um, POV shots from Sam of like Al's face too when he's like half conscious sitting in the chair. Mm. And Al's like trying to wake him up and they got the kind of like 
fish islands, wavy, <laughs> drugged out kind of shots. Hmm. Now, I wonder if Sam being in a primate body that's non-human, if his perceptions would be different in any way. And that goes into the whole mind-body debate. But it might have been neat to play with the fact that he was somehow handicapped by the fact that he wasn't a human being. And I guess maybe you pointed out, Allison, that he didn't seem as intelligent as he usually does. How would he do any of the kung fu stuff if he was in a monkey body? I know. Just think about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously the logical choice is to have him do kung fu chimp because... (laughs) (laughs) He does say he's in the body of a chimp in the episode, though. They do use that wording again. They do, yes, exactly. And it was another thing that I love to point out that I don't think the series ever really came down on one side or another definitively, whether it was mind or body. I think it was whatever suited the episode. In this episode, he kung fu's people in the face. That's not a chimp move. In this episode, he does, he swims. That is the final way that he solves this leap, is he swims when a monkey can't. It is his body. (sighs) Ah. How do you, it's the the plot of the episode. (laughs) Like, it's it's how he solves it. And if it's his body, how is he fitting into the aura of a chimp? But you can always say, how did he fit into the aura of Butchie? How does he fit into the aura of anybody? Yeah, like, I kind of I, I kind of feel like we talked about it in the, um, the uh, in eight and a half months, that how you perceive things shapes what you think you're seeing or feeling or whatever. So when they think they're feeling his baby bump or whatever, uh, they just think that it's a pregnant woman and that's what they feel or whatever. But... I don't know about, like, just picking him up. I feel like that at that point, it becomes obvious that <laughs> there's only so much that your perspective can fool you into thinking that someone weighs as much as a monkey when they don't. Yeah, but then you see you get into a lot of very problematic issues on yes. every leap. Because sure. he's, always, he's always hugging people who normally would look down into his eyes. And they're obviously like looking up at this six mm-hmm. foot two guy. And mm-hmm. logically, it's, it's mind bending. So one thing that they did set out in this that I liked as far as like the rules of leaping, Al says to him, you at least have to pretend to be the person that you've leapt into. And that to me cements it like verifies that the aim of Project Quantum Leap, and just bear with me because I know this is going to sound super obvious, but the aim of the project was to replace people in time. And it's, it's implied by the fact that there is a waiting room set up as part of the project. So obviously he was always going to displace people. However, I, when they said in the pilot episode that you're part of a time travel experiment that went a little bit caca, they never really spelled out how it went caca so it's like it was sam supposed to leap back as himself was he supposed to displace people and this to me kind of cements the fact that or anyway i infer that it's really just the retrieval that went caca like the 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 location and retrieval part of it is what got screwed up but everything else is right on the money the way he wanted it to be uh, and the, like a rule of leaping. We haven't heard about like the rules of leaping since season one. Mm. So I kind of latched onto that as a fanboy. That aspect of it I thought was kind of neat. You know, I agree that, yeah, I, I've always felt as you do that the, the time travel experiment generally worked and it was just the retrieval that went caca. I'm not sure what you're talking about as evidence necessarily holds up because they've been leaping for a few years now. 
if there have been rules that have come along the way that have surprised them, they've they've become cemented. So yeah, things like you you have to pretend to be the person they they discovered that back in the first episode. Now, was that part of the experiment or is that something they discovered after the first leap? I, I don't think it's really clarified. I think um so in the pilot, you know, the the displacing part I don't think seems to be the surprising part. The no. surprising part is um figuring out that he needs to right a wrong in time. That's something that Ziggy theorizes. Al thinks it's a bunch of crap. So the whole like changing history part was not part of the original experiment, I don't think. So if you are creating a time machine and the idea is just to observe whatever's going on in time. And even if you were replacing someone, I would think your number one rule would be act as if you are that person. Do not change history. Yeah. Um, and in this case, he does have to change history. So I think it changes the rules a little bit, but you would still need to pretend to be that person in order to accomplish whatever it is you need to change. Agreed. And that makes, yeah, that makes sense. I agree with you there. And this, to me, I don't know why, it just stood out. Maybe because there was a paucity of other stuff going on in the episode besides the gags. <laughs> but it was more more project stuff for me to latch onto. That's yeah. all. And I liked it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to transition into this, back to the plot here. Um, I wanted to talk about the fact that they still had a romance of the week aspect to yeah, it. Yeah, I love that. Uh, it, but... <laughs> It's weird, right? Because, like, first of all, it's weird because it's a monkey. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, Sam does not seem to like Corey's advances. He seems quite embarrassed over this situation. Um, when he escapes with her and he's hiding behind the boxes, he starts comforting her, which is actually kind of a sweet moment that he, like, he cares enough about her to be like, hey, I know you're scared, but it's going to be okay. And then he just starts, like, making out with her. What? What? Like, he starts <laughs> kissing so. her out he of nowhere. He nods. What? He just that starts kissing happen. her out of nowhere. That doesn't seem like part of the let's comfort the monkey thing. That seems no. like a reciprocation of her advances. He doesn't make out with her. What are you talking he, about? He, he kisses, kisses her, her on right the leap on the out. mouth. On the leap out? No, he kisses her behind the boxes. Look at the clip again. He kisses <laughs> her on the lips behind the boxes. Uh, maybe it is. He absolutely does. I know there's an, there's an outtake where there's quite a it, it, there is quite a big kiss, and Dean's like, "Whoa, don't don't get carried away." <laughs> Give me a big hug. Don't get carried away, Sam. Jesus. Give me a hug. Yeah. Yeah, don't get carried away, Sam. Jesus. I love that outtake. Yeah. I have questions about Corey, too, okay? But, like, okay, did Corey love Bobo or Sam? Because she animals can see what Sam looks like, so she had to have been hitting on Sam. Ooh. So I have to conclude that her and Bobo's relationship was a loveless one because she was <laughs> she was wanting Sam the whole time, and he's just the replacement. I don't know. Maybe um, Sam still had some of that Cory Monkey mojo in him that was coming through somehow, <laughs> and then she just saw it in a bigger, better package. Maybe <laughs> he, he had the monkey pheromone. <laughs> Maybe chimps are close enough to humans that they don't count with the whole they can see the truth. But she could see Al. Oh, so... can she? Oh, did they establish that? Uh, okay. Yeah, she's looking at Al the whole time, and that's when they re-explain the animal thing, too. Sam seems to Swiss cheese it again. In which case, yeah. Monkey got the hots for Sam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Well, that diaper is pretty fetching. Oh, uh, so. Yeah. 
Poor Bobo. His life was ruined. His girlfriend just doesn't love him anymore. He just can't measure up. <laughs> Are you kidding? Now Bobo's going to be the most famous chimp of them all. He's the chimp that could swim. He's the chimp that saved uh, all the other chimps from the helmet tests. And he's the Rudolph of chimps. Oh, okay. He's the hero chimp. So she's, she's going to get with that. <laughs> yeah, but she knows the secret. She knows it wasn't really him. Yeah, he's a sham. On top of just not being uh, the same thing as Sam, he's a liar and a false hero. He's taken all the credit. What a jerk that Bobo is. <laughs> <laughs> Through no fault of his own. Poor Bobo was just, he was, he was in the waiting room slinging his feces like a good monkey. And he comes back to all this. Damn it, Sam. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> the other monkeys are like, boo, bring back Scott Bakula. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> They're flinging their poo at him like, get out of here. So at what Patreon level do we introduce uh, creating oh. <laughs> a sequel to the wrong stuff? I... I'm I'm thinking if we can get the the donations up to say five thousand, Chris writes a novel about it, um, and if we can get up to a million, we shoot it as a short film. Yeah, oh my god, oh, there we go. We'd have to also hire Scott Bakula to play the chimp again. He'd be up for that. Kickstarter, here we come. <laughs> One million dollars. <laughs> Do you think Scott still looks as good in a diaper? Could he still pull it off? That's the question. Oh, what can't Scott Bakula pull uh, off? Exactly. I don't know. Is he 60 something now? Does he necessarily want to be running around in a diaper? <laughs> oh, he could. Oh, man. Just any day. Put him in a diaper. He'd be down. <laughs> he's still got the body for it. He's still got the, the commitment. He's DTD, down to diaper. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, you're right. You changed my mind. It's a good episode. It's a good episode. <laughs> you, changed, you changed my mind. It's a fucking stupid episode. <laughs> oh, I still love it. What, what about the Trank to the Butt Wah-Wah ending? Let's, what, did that do anything for you? <laughs> the, the what ending? The Trank to the Butt Wah-Wah ending. You know, the, my, the Corey <laughs> tranquilizes the guard in the butt. And, <laughs> it's a classic in the vein of, like, every which way but loose and any which way you can. And Dunstan checks in and Project. X. Oh yeah, those things have the same they have the same thought that this episode does. Monkey equals funny. Exactly. Top tier comedy. Monkey do human thing. Human laugh. <laughs> well, listen, I know that you, you said you had copious notes. Have you gotten through your copious notes? Is there any more venting of the spleen? Oh man, okay. She's barely begun. <laughs> I mean, because we're going over an hour now and I had no idea that the wrong stuff would warrant this kind of time, but you were on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't have copious amounts of monkey notes matt you had copious amounts of monkey notes i've got, I've got some monkey notes but I'm, i want to hear more of yours i only have a couple more they're not really about monkeys though so i mean i really <laughs> i did go through most of them um I, I wanted to say the effect of al walking through the cages uh that looked pretty good which mm. is pretty rare for something around this era of quantum leap i think and especially the way that Corey reaches out toward him as yeah. he walks away, it was dead on. Now, I don't know if they were able to mat the shot that way, so the effect was particularly effective. But when Corey reached out and tried to grab him, it, it's almost like she got him right in the back. So it was a, like a perfect little juxtaposition. They, they might have had someone like off screen, like 
giving him a signal or offering him something. I'm sure they did, but still matching up those composite shots can sometimes be difficult. Sure. And I think that was another reason why they put it in that animals and kids could see Al because mm-hmm. especially animals and maybe sometimes a lot of kids can't take direction and there's just no way you're going to get a chimp to not look at the man in the corner talking. Oh, yeah. yeah, I always assumed you know? that was the case. So, no, I just put that together. Uh, yeah, I think that started because when they were uh, in the test was one. That was when they first established the animal thing, and like, um, I, it was because like Al was walking around in the middle of like a menagerie of animals, and there's like a raccoon like reaching for him. Like you can't train a raccoon to not look at the guy, you know. So I think they knew very early on they had to make some exceptions, hmm. but they use it to good effect. Like like when it becomes important to the plot, the animals can see and hear him. Like when he has to like talk the horse down and how the test is won, they do use it for the plot rather than just we have to excuse this. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They took what could potentially be a negative and turned it into a positive. I I thought it was really cute, the bit where, like, Al is directing Sam and Corey out of the the warehouse, and then Corey just kind of looks up at Dean Stockwell, you know, for, like, approval, and he's like, yeah, you too, come on, keep going. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And it's good. How often do you get to ad-lib with a chimp? Yeah. That had to have been fun working on that set. I do, I do agree with you guys that they had fun making this. <laughs> Too much fun, Allison. You said so. It, yeah, it does come off like one of those things, like, you can tell when they're having a lot of fun, because sometimes they get a little bit loosey-goosey with it. I mean, there are some funny bits in it. Um, I like the bit where Al talks about tossing his cookies on the teacup at Disneyland, because I just like imagining Al going to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> See, now that to me doesn't track because Al was launched into space and he's going to toss his cookies on the slowest ride at Disneyland. Stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> like I said, Al made it up. He was never an astronaut. Show me the proof he was an astronaut. <laughs> what other episodes does the astronaut thing come up in, Matt? Do you recall? He mentions it back in the pilot, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, But... I think this is the only time it actually comes up as a as a proper plot thing in in the vein of Al knows everything. Al's gonna use his knowledge to save the day. I don't know if it's mentioned much elsewhere. I don't remember them ever mentioning it again, honestly. But I could be spacing some spacing. <laughs> see what you did there. Well, if it comes up again, now we'll watch for it. I'd like to really see if we can pin down a realistic astronaut timeline for Al. And I'm wondering. Did Julie Barrett already do it in her A to Z book? I'm going to go grab Quantum Leap A to Z and see if Julie might have done this work for us. You know, I I remember reading, maybe this was in your book, Matt, I'm not sure, where at the season four finale, A Leap for Lisa, which is largely centered around Al's life, one of the ideas that they had, they knew they wanted to do a story about Al, was to set it in space, to, on the space mission. And they ended up changing their minds and doing that instead. That sounds familiar. I never heard that before. That would have been interesting. But again, like the astronaut thing, it just, it doesn't add up to me. I mean, everything in Al's life, like he would, no person could possibly have done all of these things. And like, oh yeah, like you wouldn't have enough time in your life to have done all of these things. But that one in particular, it's just such a huge thing to try and like retcon in somewhere between all of the other things in his life that are integral to his character. So why is the Vietnam stuff more integral only because we've seen it explored more on the show? 
I mean, I, yes, that's obviously why, but I'm just saying that this could be as integral part of his character if they decided to explore it more. That's all. Yeah. I'm just flicking through my timeline, and I'm not finding much about this. About? I, about his uh, astronaut career, which suggested any references weren't anything that I could pin down to specific dates, which means there probably weren't that many references. I mean, it could have been like a made-up mission but they do seem to be implying it's like a real mission yeah i mean obviously they would have made up the mission uh if it ever came to that on screen yeah they wouldn't set it on like the actual apollo 8 i wouldn't think i remember reading online someone had made a timeline for quantum leap and they had to split it off into like two timelines because it's just there's like alternate things going on and things like Al's schooling is very inconsistent, like where he actually went to school, yeah. how long he was a POW changes between episodes. Uh, so there's lots of things that just overlap or just yeah. cannot be contained into one timeline. Maybe he exists on uh, the prime timeline and the Kelvin time. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many lens flares, Sam. <laughs> what do you think's going on with Miriam? <laughs> He's got a wonderful goatee. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's the way here's the way Julie fudges it in Quantum Leap A to Z. Mm. After Vietnam came a period with NASA during which Al circled the moon ten times and read from the Book of Genesis during one Apollo mission. Wrong stuff. Then it goes on to say the 70s were Al's happiest times with the space program behind him. So here's the thing is by the time he got out of Vietnam, it would have been, what, 70 what? I think 75 would be when he got out. Yeah, June 75. Yeah. I mean, he would have landed on the moon had he gone at all. They weren't just going to circle the moon anymore. You know, unless it was like Apollo 13 where they had no choice because of the mission, you know, going wrong. But they wouldn't have sent him up just to circle a few times and come back. He would have landed on the moon. So, yeah, the timelines just don't don't match up. That's only a challenge if you try and match the timelines up with reality. And we know the names of the astronauts on the Apollo programs, and none of them were called <laughs> Al Calavici. So if you can accept, if you can accept, because they rewrote history, he wasn't on there anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. But if you can accept that, I think you just also have to assume that, okay, all right, some of the missions didn't take place in quite the same time as they did in our history. Um, if you're into early 70s Doctor Who, that's quite an easy leap to make, because a lot of that is supposed to be set in our modern day, but it's all set a couple of years in the future. An easy leap to make? Yeah, I, I was hoping <laughs> no one would pick up on that. It was an accidental pun. Um <laughs> But like the the stuff that's that's set in the the mid seventies in the UK, and we have our own space program. So you Doctor Who fans have learned to kind of just say, "All right, okay, it's very similar to reality, but not quite." I see this is just like one of those. Al was in a space program. Yeah, circle the moon in the mid seventies. Why not? It's it's perfectly plausible, even if we didn't. Yeah, and I I mean I guess in 1995 we didn't have like electro cars and all these other futuristic <laughs> things either. So like everything in quantum leaps like our history until it isn't. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that it it's I mean we we maybe we're just forgiving the show, but one thing that quantum leap has always tried to do is root itself in like real history. Uh, true. And 
show you that it's it's part of our history, our era. I mean, you mm. have JFK, you have you have everything presented in a real world historical context most of the time. Mm-hmm. So to just throw this thing in and just sort of shoehorn it in and not really have any kind of realistic continuity behind it is an outlier for the show. It just doesn't usually do that all that often. You can forgive it for getting 1999 wrong. Yeah. Because 1999 hadn't hadn't happened. But they knew what 19... Like, it was six years in the future. Did they really think this was what it was going to be? <laughs> oh, listen. The year 2000 loomed large. So, you know, Arthur C. Clarke said famously, live to 2000, live forever. So it was always this magic future date. 2001, Space Odyssey. We were always going to be living among the stars and in the future (laughs) by the year 2000. So I think that the show picked up on that zeitgeist and never let it go. Because that, if you're going to be a boomer watching this, that's going to be your mindset. So 1999 is, even though it's four years away, still part of that impossible future. That sort of that rocket age fantasy of the future. You know, the the show ended two years before the pilot was supposed to take place. So in two years from from when the show ended, it was going to be like a bunch of LED shoes and future <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. and all this other stuff going on yep. in, in 1995. Could have happened. You can't say it couldn't have happened. It just didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Sam changed that part of history. That's why we don't remember it. Maybe he did. Maybe he said, this is, this is really tacky. And in the next episode of the Quantum Leap podcast, we'll be exploring Khan and the eugenic wars in the mid-90s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did Sarah Silverman do in the eugenics wars? <laughs> There's books about that. Mm, all right. Uh, well done for getting the Sarah Silverman reference in there. Mm, I love the deep Voyager references. Yeah, don't get me started on Voyager <laughs> and larger Trek continuity because we'll be here for another two hours <laughs> and it won't be pretty. Okay, well, well, I got I got one more question to ask about this uh, Diaper Monkey episode then before we get right, into Star Trek. Right. Okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> so this episode, um, while I, I make fun of it a lot, I think it's uh, absolutely terrible. Um, I do <laughs> like that... He leaps into an animal in this, and they were exploring a different kind of thing. So, if they were to do another episode about animals for whatever reason, like, wh- what other animals would you guys want to see Sam leap into? <laughs> oh my god. I mean, there's, um... there's not that many animals that traditionally wear diapers. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking anything would be a risk. You know, he couldn't leap into a horse. An incontinent cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, how would you get around the fact that animals are naked? Yeah. I think there was some interview where they were talking about that, and like Scott Bakula was like, "I could leap into a little poodle in a suit." <laughs> I, I put that. I put that in the last podcast. You said with Roger. Right. Right. It was so adorable. So I mean. I never thought of, I, I, I thought that the chimp thing was an outlier, and I don't know that you could ever explore that any further just no. because of, like, the genetic connection that they mentioned between humans and chimpanzees, what they said, like, 99% of their DNA is exactly the same yeah. as ours. So mm-hmm. it's the only case in, in which something like that could have happened, in my mind, so I never really extrapolated any further than that. Yep. But Quantum Leap will always break the rules in the names, or create new rules in the name of good drama. So 
they'd find a way of leaping him into an incontinent cat if if that was <laughs> if that was what the script called for. That Al would say, "Oh yeah, Ziggy says." I think we have different definitions of good drama. It, you know, any any animal leap could work as long as the animal's incontinent, and then like we're covered. Standards and practices don't have to worry about. It. Yeah, yeah, I get my incontinent horse. <laughs> yeah, incontinent good. horse. So it's like trying to ride on top. Of Can you imagine him just galloping around <laughs> with someone on his back? <laughs> It turns into Unbreakable 2, just him running across the lawn or whatever. I think that this is just gone completely off the rails. I think you're dodging the question, Chris. What animal? Pick an animal. We'll say... uh, Black Cap Chickadee. There. What? What is that? That's, That's very specific. Why not? Why is that that any worse than than a horse? What is is it a bird? Yeah. Yeah, it's bird. Okay. Oh, I'm stupid. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I didn't know that was a bird. I, I was just, my answer was just going to be a bird. So. Oh, uh, does he fly if he's a bird? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So we could see flying if he's like an eagle or whatever. I get, but if it's Scott Bakula's body, he's just flapping his arms. He ain't going anywhere. <laughs> now let's, let's think of it. Let's think of it in more dramatic context. Like Matt said, how about some kind of deep sea creature? Like a, like a whale. <laughs> Oh my or god. Some other, <laughs> see, that they that you could then go on like Atlantean exploration and like go into the what is it, the Mirrors Trench or whatever the hell that trench is called. Marianas Trench, I think it yeah. is. Anyway. I mean, you could do something cool like that. I have to talk about this, okay? I don't want to, like, call anyone out, because I know that the, the person who wrote this listens to this podcast, so like I'm not I'm not what? trying to call her out, but like I uh, I read a fanfic once where <laughs> Sam leaps into a dolphin. <laughs> Oh, cool. <laughs> and the image of Scott Bakula just like leaping out of the water like a dolphin naked is just <laughs> the funniest thing in my mind. <laughs> would he not have a diaper on? He would not have a diaper. Oh. I don't know how you keep a diaper on a dolphin, but in fanfic land, I guess he could just be naked. <laughs> what are the other dolphins aren't going to care. So. That's good. So even if that dolphin was incontinent, they wouldn't care. <laughs> no, no, I don't think they have diapers for incontinent dolphins. It's all one big toilet bowl. I don't know any anyone with any knowledge in the in the in the, the listeners here. Like, do you know what they do with incontinent dolphins? Is there a special apparatus for this? <laughs> I hope we get that feedback. <laughs> all right, guys, I'm pulling rank here. Uh, I think it's time we bring this one to a close. <laughs> <laughs> just turned into complete nonsense. There are many ways you can tell us about incontinent dolphins. <laughs> oh my god, you guys are too much. So, uh, final thoughts, final observations. Is the wrong stuff good quantum leap? Matt? <laughs> yes. Next. <laughs> Allison? No, it's not good quantum leap. Outside of the monkey thing, I just don't think like the characters are written very well. I think it's not like a very interesting uh, setting overall. Like there's a good idea here, but like overall, I think it's just embarrassing. And I for one think it's a fine, funny, goofy episode, but I'll never be able to enjoy it again because Allison ruined (laughs) it. You know he did himself. You know he did. (laughs) You're gonna think about it every time. It has all the butt stuff. All the butt stuff. The butt stuff instead of the wrong stuff. That's what you should name it in on the the site. (laughs) The butt stuff. I think we're gonna get an E rating if we do that. (laughs) And uh, maybe 
the wrong search engines are going to find us. <laughs> All right. So, butt stuff notwithstanding, uh, we're going to take a break. And uh, <laughs> when we come back, we'll bring you some listener feedback. And uh, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, we'll see you on the other side, guys. is brought to you by listeners like you. Please go to patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast and give as much as you can. For as little as a dollar a month, you can be a contributor to the quantum leap podcast. It goes to covering our server cost and helps keep the podcast going. Thank you. So what's Captain Game Show? Well, the short answer is it's a podcast. The long answer is it's a lighthearted trivia wordplay thunderdome. I call this game dark and gritty kids. Natural stuff. born sequel. What's my motivation? Epic bird play. Advertising 10101. Rhyme cast. Mr. Dalek. Life coach. I'll come up with games, and my guests come up with answers. He's got to put down the ducky if he wants to play the saxophone. The porn monogamy. Wolfgang Puck is Darkwing Duck. My little puppy friendship is Magic Mike. (laughs) (laughs) There's also improv, music, and an inordinate amount of rhyming. Good night, John Travolta, with Klingon like hair. Good night, 3% rating. (laughs) You're tough, but you're fair. You can find Captain Game Show on CosmicPotato.com. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else you normally get your podcast. Round one, round two, final round. Fight! I don't know where this is going, but I like it. Hi, I'm Diamond Thornsworth, and you're listening to the Quantum Leap Podcast. Hey, everyone, we're back. And guys, I know we've been kind of laughing our asses off, maybe a little too much. Maybe we're annoying people because we've been having so much fun on this show. You know, Allison, (laughs) like you said, um, one of your criticisms was they seemed all to be having a little bit too much fun on the set. I feel like maybe we have a little bit of that going on right now, but uh, it's hard not to. It's easy to get carried away with this one, but it's just so funny because we've been talking all season about the change in tone between the episodes and it's odd to go from talking about this in such a you know such a funny way to getting some feedback from the last episode and of course our last episode was raped and i don't know if there's a more serious quantum leap episode out there and um again we're going to sort of tonally shift because we did get some some really good feedback on that show and um i i really want to read it because um one of the bits of feedback is from our patron saint the quantum leap uh, podcast creator albert Burge. He sent an email um, telling a story in response to the episode Raped that um, I never knew had happened to him. It it, it didn't happen to him, but it it was just some circumstances in his life that he shared. And uh, just to give you guys some fair warning, um, this does discuss sexual assault. So listener discretion is advised in this case, but we would be remiss not to read this email. Guys, you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
All right, so here is the message that Alby sent to us. Hello, QLP, TNG cast. I guess that's us, the next <laughs> generation. I just had to send in some feedback for the latest episode, Raped. You three always do a great job. Big fan. But I loved the way you handled this one. I didn't listen to any proof drafts of this episode like I normally do, and it took me a while to listen to it when it appeared on my Apple podcast feed. As one of you know, I'm a replacement child. My sister, Edna May, was raped and was never able to recover emotionally before committing suicide. All this happened before I was born, and it was seldom talked about within the family, as they chose to focus on the amazing person she was before her life was torn apart. Growing up, I had always heard whispers here and there, until one day I had asked my mother what had happened. To say it affected the rest of my life would be an understatement. Seeing the way my mom was hurt by what happened to her daughter, how she wasn't believed by anyone but her family, and losing her daughter at such a young age is a pain I can't imagine. Understanding I exist because my mom wanted to fill a hole in her heart that could never be filled, and her blaming herself in part for the loss of Edna, feeling she could have done more to help her, but didn't know how. This was the episode of the Quantum Leap podcast I felt most sad about not being able to host at the time of removing myself from the host position. Also why I didn't want to get into the subject during the last QLP TOS episode, Rebel Without a Clue. All that being said, I think you three did a wonderful job of communicating the gravitas of the subject and the importance of awareness while still being able to be entertaining. I have included a clip from the first episode of A Conversation with Albie, my personal blog podcast when I interviewed my mother where she opened up about what happened. Interestingly, I interviewed one of my brothers a few years later, and he denied it ever took place at first, I guess trying to still protect the family from shame. I'm not sure. But it goes to show how difficult of a topic it is for everyone affected by these acts of violence and the victim blaming that still goes on. The interview was recorded a few years ago, and she spoke of changes and how it's gotten better. It was before our country began the backward slide into the darkness that it is today. We live in a time where at least 24 women have accused the current President of the United States of sexual assault of some kind, including rape. Not one, not six, not a dozen. Twenty-four. And yet there he still sits. It's appalling. Thank you for all that you do, and doing such a great job on this episode. The podcast is in great hands. Much love, Albie. And here is the clip of his mom discussing it that he mentioned. Um, so let's talk about um, Edna. I, I Sadly, I never got to meet her. She was a very sweet girl. She uh, was very smart. She was an honor student until she was in sixth grade and she was raped by three boys. Yeah. And she never got over it. And it took everything out of her. Yeah. And eventually she died. Mm. I think that had a lot to do with it. There wasn't as much support system back then as there is no, today. No, it was awful. We, my husband took her to the police station and they acted like, what did you do to entice the boys? It wouldn't happen today. Again, things have changed. We've seen lots of changes since 1936, most of them for the better, some for the worse, but most of them for the better. Wow. Um, yeah, 
I'm absolutely floored. And Albie, I just want to say I'm sorry that this is something that your family had to go through. And I want to say thank you for sharing it with us and maybe helping some people who might be listening realize that they're not alone in in whatever plight they might be going through. Um, um, it's It's harrowing. It's harrowing. And my heart goes out. I know how difficult that was for him to talk about, mm. and it sounded very difficult for his mother to talk about, and uh, it's just, it's tragic. Yeah, well, I mean, it it, it kind of hammers home the, I'm just going to say it, I'm really proud of the way the raped episode came out, because I had such fear going into it, and um, I think that we actually did a fairly good job of exploring the topic on a deeper level. And um, to know that um, this is something that so personally affects Albie and his family just makes me feel better that we've opened up the dialogue on the subject. And I have to say, I mean, as much as I liked our take on Raped, our, our podcast about it, the Facebook response to this episode was overwhelming. I mean, so many people posted um, on our Facebook page saying how much they love this episode not the episode of the podcast but the episode of quantum leap raped it it seems to be a fan favorite and i think with good reason uh, we got another message from one of our listeners his name is james Connolly. i know we've heard from him before on the show um i'll take this one of you guys uh don't mind yeah james wrote on our facebook page it is sad how relevant this episode is all these years later yes while not all men However, those that are have made the rest of us look bad. We, as a society, have evolved in some areas, and some we still need to do a lot of work. It is a very difficult problem to solve. How can we eliminate this very disrespectful aspect of our culture? Where do men like that come from? Who is teaching men it is okay or acceptable to treat women that way? I've taken a break from QL. However, when I saw this episode listed, it reminds me of how powerful QL actually is, of how relevant it remains, and shows us how far we have come and how far we still need to go. I miss my QLP. I should return to watching and listening. Keep up the good work, James Connolly. And thank you, James. I, uh, we, we had a lot of people make sort of the same comments um regarding the episode it, the sentiment is out there that it, it is um one that is still so relevant today fortunately or unfortunately but again like i said at least it, it helps us keep the dialogue going and i'm just so glad that we got to hear from some listeners uh regarding this show so um does someone want to take uh, the next one it's another facebook post and even though it's from a friend of mine, it's my buddy John Irons, who hosts the um, Captain Game Show podcast. Okay, shall I take that one? Yeah, if you'd like. Sure. Finally listening. Fantastic episode, guys. The joy of that theme song performance will sustain me for <laughs> weeks to come. And I hope you'll allow me to eventually send you my own rendition. And if you need people to participate in a new role-playing podcast, I am there. I can't run it or anything, but it sounds like fun. Uh, please send your own rendition of the theme. <laughs> please, please, please. We need more. Dude, we, we need to. We need to post the lyrics somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I ever did, but uh, they will be posted now. We'll put them on the um, website, and uh, actually, I post them up on the Facebook page. 
And uh, you guys have at it, please. Uh, we'd love to hear more renditions, especially from John. He's very musical, and he always does musical bits on his show. So oh, I look forward to see how he mixes it up oh, because man, he's pretty it. talented when it comes to that. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, along those same lines, um, I know that I had discussed the possibility of doing an RPG in the Quantum Leap universe. And uh, that also caught the attention of another listener who wrote us another email. Allison, you want to take this one? All right. This comes from Joel. Good afternoon, hosts of the Quantum Leap podcast. I have enjoyed your show very much. I hope once you finish the series, you can delve into the books and comics. I've heard a lot about them, but sadly have not had a chance to read either. I hope someday the books get released in ebook format, though I believe hearing the cast talk about them would be an enjoyable experience. For the RPG, I recommend GURPS, G-U-R-P-S. I've heard it used on the film Reroll Podcast, where they replay movies as RPGs, and it seems to be fairly versatile and easy to learn. Should the RPG start up and it were Patreon only, I would gladly subscribe to your Patreon for this content. See you in time, Joel. Now, on on behalf of those of us that don't understand RPGs, GURPS? 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 Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a noise that you make when um when you're really nervous about something. <laughs> when you've had too much goulash? <laughs> yeah, goulash burps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's even better than a gaming system. I guess GURPS is kind of like a gaming system. So there are different kinds of gaming system. You have Dungeons and Dragons is, you know, the big one with its own rules and everything, but people have come up with different ones with different modalities and they have differing levels of difficulty. And some are more suited to say like murder mystery or monster of the week, as opposed to just hack and slash sword and sorcery like Dungeons and Dragons is. So I was looking into one, what the hell was it called? Hang on guys. Flurps. It wasn't Gurps. Flurps. Murps. <laughs> Gurps. <laughs> Which is the best suited to Diaper Monkey? Poops. I th- oh man, you said it's not any of the main characters. I picked Diaper Monkey. That's who I'm playing as. That's it. You're gonna be. You're gonna be Corey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why I gotta be Corey? Maybe I'll be Bobo. Don't don't tie me down. <laughs> You can be anyone you want, Allison. <laughs> I think she wants to be Corey. <laughs> and I get to make out with Scott Bakula. Hey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I was looking into a system called Primetime Adventures, which seemed to have um, a structure where you would do like a number of scenes and then a number of scenes would constitute a show. And then you would do five or six shows to constitute like a season. So it's set up to be episodic. Oh, okay. Um, I've looked into it uh, in a cursory way. It seems to be very rules light. I have never heard of GURPS before, but that's not surprising because I really just started to try and teach myself about this stuff. So I'll look into GURPS as well, um, and maybe I'll even have some goulash and get some real GURPS going before we get on mic. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's all fair game here, and I'm just glad to hear that there's some interest in us creating that content. And like I said, we could try it, and it might go nowhere but again, I'm interested in at least giving it a shot, and I'm glad that you guys are on board with it. So um, stay tuned. All right. Do you guys have anything else? Diaper monkey. Just diaper monkey. It's just the gift that keeps on giving. Well, listen, I never thought we'd have this much to talk about with the wrong <laughs> stuff. But Allison, I mean, slow clap. 
I mean. <laughs> I mean. Oh, thank you. I'll take all the credit for all the diaper jokes. You have the right stuff when it comes to the wrong stuff. I, w- I will point out Matt said that he shit himself, so. <laughs> <laughs> Matt said he shit himself. I, I, I was very entertained, but I didn't. Oh, no, he said, that, he said that Sam shit himself, not that Matt. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah. What? I don't want to go too blue and imply that one of the podcasts just shit themselves. I, I was laughing a lot. Um, I'm not wearing a diaper right now. Uh, can we go to a break quickly? <laughs> You're not wearing the, the Dean Stockwell underoos. <laughs> Listen, if you've shit yourself, there are many ways that you can reach out and tell us. You can call us on the phone at 707-847-6682. You can email us at quantumleappodcast at gmail.com. You can catch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash quantum leap podcast, where you are going to post your pictures of a diaper clad <laughs> Scott Bakula roller skating. We didn't forget about that. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quantum leap pod, or you can support us on Patreon. Although at this point, I don't know why you'd want to at patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast. Just remember, we may use your comments about the wrong stuff on an upcoming episode of the quantum leap podcast. And speaking of, upcoming episodes matt can you tell us what's next well after allison's nightmare that has been the wrong stuff (laughs) it's it's time for dreams episodes to sandwich this between <laughs> a long just the, the longest leap out ever and then a woman with her heart cut out gory horrible right after the butt stuff come on <laughs> i know they've had like i get why in airing order they would want to do this because like break up the drama with like some lighter fare like i understand that but man this is some hard whiplash. <laughs> it is the the pogo stick that is season four. Yeah. I mean, here we go again. A woman with her heart cut out, and that we haven't even gotten to the episode proper yet. Yay. So I'll have many opinions on dreams, <laughs> dreams, I should say. <laughs> I have one big opinion on dreams, but I will reveal that in the next podcast. I can't wait. Until then, I have been Christopher DeFilippis. I've been Allison Diaper Monkey Pregler. <laughs> and I need to go and change. Uh, I've been Matt Dale. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next time, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Quantum Leap podcast, hosted by Allison, Matt, and Chris, with voice talent and contributions from Hayden McQueenie and Zoe Dean. Visit us at quantumleappodcast.com. To support the show, please go to patreon.com slash quantumleappodcast. The Quantum Leap Podcast is edited by Albie, Christopher DeFilippis, and Allison Pregler. The executive producer of the Quantum Leap Podcast is Albert Burge. 
Juan Miro, Christopher DeFilippis, and Hayden McQueenie are the co-executive producers. Morgan Felden is the producer. The thoughts expressed on this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those of the Quantum Leap podcast, its partners, or affiliates. The Quantum Leap universe and all it contains is the property of Belisarius Productions and Universal Television. The Quantum Leap podcast is not affiliated with Belisarius Productions or Universal Television, and no copyright infringement is intended. Please visit BarrenSpace.com for this and other amazing content. The Quantum Leap podcast is a Baron Space production. So because I really remember just the funny bits with the caterpillars and, you know, the, 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 what's the Chloe, what, whoever the other chimp was, the, the female chimp. Corey. Yeah, it was Chloe, you know, and, and no, that it was Corey. Kind of stuff. Yeah, it was Chloe. Okay. No, it was Corey. 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 <laughs> okay. I mean, there are some funny butt bits in it. Funny butts in it. Ha ha ha. Unintentional. <laughs> See what you did there? Yeah. <laughs> and, um,. Oh, there's Penelope barking. Can you guys hear that? No. I can't, no. Is is it Penelope or is it Scott? It's Scott. See, oh. that's he's saying, and I don't have a little suit. Put him in a little diaper. <laughs> <laughs> All the butt stuff's going on in this episode.